Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You guys up for a soda party? Soda! Soda! I think I like the idea, Hoop. Toto? I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. It's a lie. 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 Take your sticky paws off me, you damn dirty ape. You talking to me? Welcome to Classic Movie Night with your hosts, Anna and Sean Allen. Tonight's episode, we will be reviewing four movies from Butter Keaton. God, this is hard. From Butter Keaton? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Butter Keaton Podcast. Having an issue. (laughs) On tonight's episode, welcome to Classic Movie Night with your hosts. Anna and Sean Allen. On tonight's episode, we take a look at the early films of Buster Keaton. You did it. Hi, Anna. (laughs) That took a few tries. Yeah, it did. It took a couple tries. That was good, though. Hello, everybody. Also, Anna and Sean Allen. (laughs) What? What was that? (laughs) That's what you sounded like when you said our names. Oh, really? (laughs) I like to enunciate very well. That's okay. Um, so what's up, Anna? Um, I mean, well, Owen got a new dresser. Oh, we're just jumping right into uh, current events, huh? Why not? Um, yeah, Owen did get a new dresser. It was very heavy. Had to carry it up the stairs. But first, I had to sell. I sold his crib. And I sold his baby dresser, though it was it was only three drawers. So it was a very momentous thing. But then we found this new dresser. I picked it out this weekend, got it upstairs, and it was very expensive, but it's gorgeous. It's a very lovely dresser. Thank you. It's like a midnight blue color and it's it's a refurbished antique. Um, with the brass knobs and um, it's a very lovely dress. It has twelve drawers. A lot of drawers for all Owen's stuff. Yeah, it today I organized all his toys and put a pun- uh, put a bunch of uh, toys in there. His clothes fit in four drawers, and it's like two big drawers and two small drawers. He doesn't have a ton of clothes. So now he has a bunch of toy organization up there too. His room is pretty cute. He has a big kid room now. And it's the furniture that's in there is stuff he's going to be able to grow up with. So Yeah. Um while it was an investment it'll Yeah. It's good to you go. Got, you got a big dresser, you got a big bed. Good to he go. He looked really excited too. He was putting pe- Pooh Bear in the drawers. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. It was cute. Sounds cute. Today he opened the underwear drawer and messed it all up. Nice. Mm -hmm. What else we got? Anything else new? It's been a few weeks since we podcasted. I've been to the doctor. Anna's been to the doctor. Last time we were talking about that stuff, so I guess we could update it. Yeah. 
I saw a neurologist and they think that I'm having post-concussive migraines from a concussion that I had. And that's why it's been difficult for us to keep the schedule going as yeah. of late. The concussion was a couple of years ago, but I've had bad symptoms and they got worse with COVID. Yeah. And they've been worse the last few months. And um, some lifestyle changes have kind of helped a little bit, but I still get bad symptoms sometimes. A lot of it is screen-based, so we might have to be... Our podcast might be kind of... Yeah, it's probably going to be a little sporadic. We need to see how Anna reacts to some of the medication that they're going to try out to see if it helps at all. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared to take the medicine. But yeah, we'll go from there. And so we're going to we're going to aim to do it at the very minimum every two weeks. Yeah, I think. But the goal is to do it weekly. So just, you know, keep keep our podcast Keep keep it on your uh, on your list because mm-hmm. we will be releasing episodes. So if you see us miss a week or something, you know why, mm-hmm. right? Right. So should we uh, jump in a little bit to this episode? Did we cover all our bases with the? I mean, yeah, we don't have a whole lot going on right now. I guess yeah. other than that stuff. Well, yeah. you just saw a movie. Yeah, Are but that's, talk about that at that's the end? end of podcast. Okay. Um. So we're kind of doing things a little differently for this podcast. Um, yes, we are. I'm going to be running a lot of the conversation. <laughs> the cat button early on. <laughs> oh, my God. These, oh, psycho cats. Um, <laughs> so I, this was my pick, Buster Keaton. And the reason we did multiple movies, which... I'll just list right now. The movies that we're going to review are The Cook, Neighbors, One Week, and The Haunted House. Uh, These movies span from 1918 to 1921. And we chose chose these because we wanted to watch um, some of Buster Keaton's early stuff. But then we watched a documentary about him. What was that called, Sean? I think it was just called like Buster Keaton the gr- a celebration something like that yeah I should yeah let me I'll look it up you keep talking it was really great um we watched that doc just to get an idea of who he was because neither of us really knew that much about him I just knew that I had been wanting to watch some of his movies since I was in high school and I thought this was a good time so I picked a couple randomly um and we found that he had an extensive period from during the 1920s, from 1920 to 1929. Buster Keaton uh, wrote and directed and acted in um, movie after movie after movie. And these are considered kind of like his greatest films. So it made me want to watch more. And the reason we had chosen to do four is because um, the short movies are only about 25 minutes long. Um so we did four for this episode, and then um, later when we do more, we'll just kind of pick up where we left off and span through the 20s. Yeah, if I could jump in here for a second. Yeah, of course. Um, so the documentary, first off, is called The Great Buster Keaton. It came out in 2019. 2000, what did I say? You said 2019. 2018, sorry. came out in 2018. Um, but yeah, so this... Like we kind of mentioned a little bit, this podcast is different because we're not just reviewing a movie and going from there. We're basically diving into Buster Keenan. 
the right. actor. We're going to be, and this is going to be the first part of a little series. Of Buster Keaton. Of Buster Keaton. But I was kind of having a little hard time with so much silent film stuff. So the way we're going to do it is for Anna's picks, Anna's next couple picks are going to be this Buster Keaton series. Mm -hmm. And then my picks are going to just probably be regular movies just kind of tossed. Did you ever pick out? Your next movie? I have a couple ideas. I'll f- okay. I'll get one. But um, so there is. So we're basically doing a Buster Keenan series. Right. That's going to be. Because I watched that documentary and I got so excited. Yeah. To watch like all of these. Yeah. At so, least through the 20s. Yeah. So so I was looking that up. But I think that you mentioned how we're starting. You pick these specific four films because it's early on. In right. Career. So probably the way we'll do it is um, Buster Keaton in the early 20s he was making shorts. They were two two real films. Mm-hmm. Um, so this episode will be four of the shorts and then the next episode will probably be four more shorts and then after that in the mid 20s he started making feature films, feature length films. Yeah. So after that We'll probably do a couple episodes of one feature length film so we can thoroughly discuss that single film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, there's like five of them that I want to watch that are feature length. So we'll see. I think we'll just kind of, once we get to that point, we'll just kind of pick and choose Yeah. as we're, yeah. as they come up Yeah. whenever we feel like doing them. Yeah. But when it comes to so you might hear a lot of Buster Keaton coming up, yeah. And um, it should be fun though because it's it's different than what we're doing. Anna is going to spearhead these podcasts; she's in charge. I'm just sitting in the pasture seat right now, and it's pretty cozy. I gotta <laughs> be honest; I got my feet up. I'm just laid back, ready to roll. Yeah, you don't even have your mic on the stand this time. No, no mic on the stand. I don't have my notes up on the computer because. I don't really. I mean, for these silent movies, there's not a whole. It's hard to take notes. It is hard to take notes because they're so visual, and if you look away for a second to write something down, you're missing, you miss, a gag. You're missing yeah. it. Yeah. So our our notes are a little sporadic too, because what I ended up figuring out was the best way to take them was to watch the movie and then immediately after just write down everything that stood out to me. Yeah. Um. But we kind of didn't figure that out at first. So there's a couple that I don't have any notes for. And I'm just going to read the Wikipedia plot point for them. Um, and s- we'll see which one is smoother. But Yeah, our segments are going to be a little different with these actor specific. Yeah, but that's okay. We can just get into it. No, I'm just, I know. I'm just letting people know what also, they're in store for. Um, I would like to go over just the... My notes from the Wikipedia page about Buster Keaton so that you have a little bit of background on him because you might not know, like us, you know, might not know that much about him. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, like we said, we're diving into Buster Keaton. Right. Right. So, like, Anna's going to, we're going to touch on some stuff about his life, too. Not just touch on it, but I'm going to read a... yeah, about two pages that I kind of condensed from yeah, the Wikipedia so, page so about him. So this is definitely a different kind of podcast. Right. But I think I might just get into that. 
and provide right, the background first. What's thing. the segment called? Uh, background. Actor background. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. Does well, it really need to be called anything? Yeah, we need we, we need a catchy segment, Anna. Wiki history background. Actor. No, 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 no! You got to say it really elegantly, though. Like, Ricky history background actor. <laughs> Is that elegantly? <laughs> I was thinking more like, like, and now, a look into the early life of Buster Keaton. Mm-hmm. I like that. Good job. <laughs> so. For this, I'm going to read what I kind of condensed from the Wikipedia page. And then I also took notes um, from the documentary that we watched. And there's a couple things I touched on in that that aren't on the page. So, Are you going to read this like a narrator? Yes, Almost. but feel free to interrupt me with more details if you think of anything. Like at any point, if you want to interrupt and we can have it a conversation around it, that's fine. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to start. So... Buster Keaton, his real name was actually Joseph Frank Keaton, born on October 4th, 1985, and he died on February 1st, 1966. He was an American actor, comedian, and filmmaker, best known for his silent films in which his trademark was physical comedy with a consistently stoic, deadpan expression that earned him the nickname The Great Stone Face. His best-loved works are the ones he wrote and directed, working without interruption from 1920 to 1921, and he's been called the greatest act- actor to direct. I can't talk. The greatest actor-director in the history of the movies. The General is widely viewed as his masterpiece. Orson Welles considered it the greatest comedy film ever made, and perhaps the greatest film ever made. Which is kind of funny that you mentioned that that Orson Welles felt like that was the greatest comedy ever made. Because mm-hmm. I remember during that documentary, I think it was uh, Quentin Tarantino. Was it Quentin Tarantino? There was an actor that said that they felt like that, that was one of the great action movies ever made. I think Tarantino did say that in the Wasn't doc. it the general he was talking about, though? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the general is definitely one of the movies we want to watch for that reason. Yeah. Because it's um, supposed to be his greatest work and just a really good movie um and i think that when you when you're watching these old movies it's kind of like exciting as somebody who loves film you're just going into it with this like just an expression of awe because this is where it started this is where it was happening you know like Mm -hmm. this is all new inventions and it was just so much wild imagination. While we were um, talking about these, as we were watching them, I was just like, it's kind of like we're time traveling a little bit. Yeah. You know, it has that feeling of like going back in time because no one we know is watching these movies, you know? Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty but sure. But maybe now. Maybe somebody will listen to the podcast. Watch them. They're on YouTube. Them. All of them are on YouTube. Right. We should have, we should have said that at first. Yeah. <laughs> they are on YouTube. And we said we were going to post something on Instagram 
saying how to watch it when it never did. You didn't? No, I didn't. That was because your job, Anna. We were supposed, I wanted to do it in a story with you on our page so people could see our faces. And you said, yeah, sure. And then you went to work. Well, so. I do need to make the monies. Yeah. Anyway, back into it. Keaton, Keaton was born into a vaudeville family in Piqua, Texas. I looked it up, and vaudeville is just a type of um, entertainment. It comes from France, but it was Americanized okay. uh, around the times that the Keatons did it. Okay. Um, so he was named Joseph and was sixth in line bearing that name, Joseph Keaton. Um, so Does that have all, his nickname in there? They're all Joe Keaton. Does it have his his nickname in that? Buster Keaton. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, well, I mean, because like, didn't he get like the nickname at super young? Yeah, I have it in there. Okay, yeah. Um. So his father was Joseph Halley Joe Keaton, who owned a traveling show with Harry Houdini, which is kind of cool. According to a frequently repeated story, which may be apocryphal, Keaton acquired the nickname Buster at the age of about 18 months. An actor friend named George Party was present one day when the young Keaton took a tumble down a long flight of stairs without injury. Owen did that yesterday. (laughs) After the infant sat up and shook off the experience, Party remarked, he's a regular Buster. After this, Keaton's father began to use the nickname to refers to refer to the youngster. Keaton retold the anecdote over the years. In Keaton's retelling, he was six months old when the incident occurred and Harry Houdini gave him the nickname. So I guess we don't know for sure who hmm. who actually did. In the doc we watched, they said it was Houdini. Yeah. So Interesting. At the age of three, Keaton began performing with his parents in The Three Keatons. He first appeared on stage in 1899 in Wilmington, Delaware. The act was mainly a comedy sketch. Myra played the saxophone to one side while Joe and Buster performed center stage. Didn't they, sorry, didn't they, um, in the documentary, they talked about how he, wasn't he technically like part of the show at six months? Uh, no. I thought that they were saying that he was like billed on the show at six months old. Oh, I think that, I think they did. It, I think it was 18 months. Was I'm it 18? Sure. I thought it was six, but you might be right. Anyway. Um. It was super young, like insanely young. So in the act, the young Keaton goaded his father by disobeying him. And the elder Keaton responded by throwing him against the scenery, into the orchestra pit, or even into the audience. A suitcase handle was sewn into Keaton's clothing to aid with the constant tossing. The act evolved as Keaton learned to take trick falls safely. He was rarely injured or bruised on stage. This knockabout style of comedy led to accusations of child abuse and occasionally arrest. However, Buster was always able to show the authorities that he had no bruises or broken bones. He was eventually billed as the little boy who can't be damaged, and the overall act as the roughest act that was ever in the history of the stage. Decades later, Keaton said that he was never hurt by his father and that the falls and physical comedy were a matter of proper technical execution. 
1914, he told the Detroit News, The secret is landing limp and breaking the fall with a foot or a hand. It's a knack. I started so young that landing right is second nature with me. Several times I'd have been killed if I hadn't been able to land like a cat. uh, Imitators of our act didn't last long because they can't stand the treatment. Keaton said he had so much fun that he sometimes began laughing as his father threw him across the stage. Noticing that this caused the audience to laugh less, he adopted his famous deadpan expression when performing. Any comments, Sean? No. It's all very interesting. It's stuff that I also remember from the documentary. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that, that, that their show was called The Three Keatons. But then um, in the doc, it showed us that he actually ended up having two younger siblings and they were part of the act too for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also want to note because... Um, my wiki notes kind of skip ahead. Uh, he had a car at 12 years old and he was famous already in childhood because of this act that he was in with his parents. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was called, oh, just while we were watching the doc, I wrote master of falling because he, they just kept showing him like falling. Yeah. <laughs> um, So, yeah. Um, Keaton served in the American Expeditionary 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 (laughs) I can't talk. American Expeditionary Oh, my God. (laughs) Are you okay? (laughs) You say it. What are you trying to say? Expeditionary Where are we at? Expeditionary, Expeditionary forces in France with Even the United States that. Army's 40th Inf- Infantry Division during World War I. His unit remained intact and was not broken up to provide replacements, as happened to some other late arriving divisions. During his time in uniform, he suffered an ear infection that permanently impaired his hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the. They talked about that. How, how, yeah, he was in like. He was in the art, like mm-hmm. in the Air Force, that, right? Right. Um, but yeah, he didn't actually really see any action. Like he had the earring thing, but it wasn't from like any action. You mm-hmm. know, it was an infection. So, um, so before he went to France, he met Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle in 1917 at the Talmadge Studios in New York City where Arbuckle was under contract to Joseph M. Schneck. Joe Keaton disapproved of films, and Buster also had reservations about the medium. During his first meeting with Arbuckle, he was asked to jump in and start acting. Buster was such a natural in his first film, The Butcher Boy, he was hired on this spot. At the end of the day, he asked to borrow one of the cameras to get a feel for how it worked. He took the camera back to his hotel room, where he dismantled and reassembled it by morning. I feel like if you want to know how something works, that's a pretty good way to do it. And apparently Arbuckle was mad about it. Yeah, because wasn't it like his main cam like it was his camera that he used for all of his movies. Yeah. Yeah. So So I would be pretty upset too. Yeah. Because like Yeah. Could have destroyed that. Yeah. But he got it all together. 
Um, but at the same time, like I appreciate the fact that you know, oh, I want to know how this works. Mm-hmm. But taking apart a, a mechanical object like that and putting it together isn't necessarily going to teach you how to use it properly. You know what I mean? But he wanted to know exactly how it worked. And the old-fashioned cameras were so big, you know, like it was a huge camera. Yeah, but it's a little overkill. Unless you plan on repairing cameras for a living or something. But he got it back together. Yeah, he did, he did. did. I'm just saying, like, if he didn't, that would be a problem. But he didn't break Fatty's camera. All that I'm saying, Anna, (laughs) is when I learned how to drive... I didn't take apart the car first and put it back together, okay? He was curious, all right? He was a very technical... You know, he... None of the notes really touch on this, but he was an inventor. Like, he... He wanted to know how it worked. Well, yeah, and that's part of what made his film so special. Because a lot of the stunts and a lot of things he did on the films are stuff that he invented himself. There's so many technical, like, tricks and things. Yeah. Um... Okay. He appeared in a total of 14 Arbuckle shorts running up into 1920. They were popular and contrary to Keaton's later reputation as the great stone face, he often smiled and even laughed in them. Keaton and Arbuckle became close friends and Keaton was one of the few people, along with Charlie Chaplin, to defend Arbuckle's character during accusations that he was responsible for the death of actress Virginia Rapp. Um... Arbuckle was eventually acquitted with an apology from the jury for the ordeal he underwent. But according to the doc we watched, it ruined his career. Yeah, he never really bounced back from that. Yeah. Um, I haven't looked into that too much just because, like, I don't really want to know. Yeah. Um, so if you are interested in learning about Virginia Rapp, go ahead and Wikipedia her. Yeah, they didn't really touch... On that at all, really, in the documentary either. It's, no, because it's irrelevant. Like yeah, it, it, it was a mistake it, that he was. Well, and if this was a a fatty art Arbuckle podcast, podcast then, then we would have looked it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. After Keaton's successful work with Arbuckle, Schneck gave him his own production unit, Buster Keaton Productions. He made a series of two real comedies, including One Week. The Playhouse, Cops, The Electric House, and Keaton then moved to full-length features, which we talked about. Um, Keaton's more adventurous ideas called for dangerous stunts performed by Keaton at great physical risk. During the railroad, railroad water tank scene in Sherlock Jr., Keaton broke his neck when a torrent of water fell on him from a water tower, but he did not realize it until years afterwards. A scene from Steamboat Bill Jr. required Keaton to stand still on a particular spot. Then the facade of a two-story building toppled forward on top of Keaton. Keaton's character emerged unscathed due to a single open window. The stunt required precision because the prop house weighed two tons and the window only offered a few inches of clearance around Keaton's body. The sequence furnished one of the most memorable images of his career. So that's getting a little head, ahead of where we're at right now. Yeah, I was, I, I was going to say. I wanted to read that paragraph because it provides context. Okay. 
for who Buster Keaton is. Yeah. Um, we are not quite there yet, though. We will be watching. Um, I want to watch Steamboat Bill Jr. really bad. Well, yeah, it kind of so, seems like his kind of the three main feature length films seem to be the general uh, Steamboat and Sherlock Jr. Mm. Those kind of at least from the tiny from what bit we of can research, tell we can when tell. we were researching and looking around yeah. at them. And I know I there's more. Watch, I want to watch Go West really bad too, though, where yeah. he prevent forensic how I um, think in this immediate series I, I so I think you're gonna you don't get to choose my movies for me well no 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 okay I was gonna say what's probably going to end up happening is we're probably gonna do um quick uh succession of these Buster Keenan episodes for your picks and then after that in the future there might be some additional Buster Keaton stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like we're not going to watch. We're Anna's picks. It's not going to be like three months in a row Buster Keaton movies. No. We're, we're gonna, talking like four episodes probably. Yeah. It, it's going to be one of these things where it's like we're going to probably do like this series for Buster Keaton specifically. And then sometime in the future it'll be like, okay, let's watch this movie. And then that movie will be done in our original format, our regular format. Right. That's just a regular episode. Really, there's only going to be like two episodes like this with the shorts. Yeah. So um, those will be the ones that we kind of talk about his life. Um, I'm just looking at my notes to compare. Notes, notes, notes. <laughs> what do you got, Anna? What are we looking at? The people want to know. Here's a little tidbit. They used Buster Keaton for Spider-Man. Like, Spider-Man was Buster Keaton inspired. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. So, are you done with his... Uh... No. I'm not quite done. Okay. But I was just looking at my notes, and that was in there. Um, so, a few notes on Buster Keaton's personal life during this time. On May 31st, 1921, Keaton married Natalie Tomage, uh, his leading lady in our hospitality, and the sister of actress actress uh, Norma Talmadge, married to his business partner, Joseph M. Schneck, at the time. So, basically, Schneck was Keaton's uh, brother-in-law, essentially. So they were married at Norma's home in Bayside, Queens, and had two sons, Joseph, who they called James, and Robert. Uh, I, I just I just want to double check, like, how far into his life are we going it's right now? It's literally this long. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> like, because we talked about hitting his early, basically his life up to these films that we're talking about. Right. Are we still there in his life? We are getting a little ahead of ourselves because he wasn't actually married to Natalie until after the movie that we watched. But I just want to read this little paragraph so you know kind of where his life is going after this. Okay. Fair enough. Um, After Robert's birth, the marriage began to suffer. Tomaj decided not to have any more children 
banishing Keaton to a separate bedroom. Um, and he dated actresses Dorothy Sebastian and Kathleen Key during this period. Natalie's extravagance was another factor, spending up to a third of her husband's earnings. Oh, my God. That's when I was like, no, geez, no wonder they got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was clear that Mr. Keaton and Mrs. Keaton had different ideas and lifestyles. Keaton had designed and built a modest but comfortable cottage-like home as a surprise wedding gift for his bride. When she saw the little house, she flew into a rage. She thought the house was much too small with no place for servants. Realizing that his bride wanted a palace, he sold the cottage to MGM ex executive Eddie Mannix at cost and commissioned Jean Verge Sr. in 1926 to build a 10,000-square-foot estate in Beverly Hills for $300,000, which was later owned by James Mason and Cary Grant. What would the exchange rate be? Not, not the... Well, like... Not, not like how much, what not, would that not be? Not the exchange now? rate, I'm sorry, but like, yeah, I what have no it, idea. with inflation accounted for, what I don't would know. that be now? I did not look. Do you want me to look? Hey, Google, what year was that? Uh, how, how much would $300,000 in 1920 be compared to today? That's too specific for Google. <laughs> no, yes, yes. Hey Google. Hey Google. <laughs> she got hey Google. Really Stop. Well, there you have. There you go. I don't. I don't know if they heard her. Oh, I hope they did. Google went cr crazy with some explanations that flew right over my head. Basically, it was six million. Is that what I said? Yeah. <laughs> Here, let um, me ask again. I'm kidding. Go. After attempts at reconciliation. She divorced him in 1932 and changed the boys' surnames to Talmage. With the failure of his marriage and the loss of his independence as a filmmaker, Keaton descended into alcoholism. And I stopped there because that's getting ahead of ourselves already. But if you're worried about him, don't worry. He got better. He was very depressed after his divorce, though. Okay, I found a more uh, accurate calculation of what 300,000 would have been in 1920. It was 1926. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure it's the same though. 1926. So $300,000 in 1926 would have been about $4.9 million today. Nice. So he built her a freaking mansion a basically a five million dollar mansion mm -hmm. oh man must be nice she wasn't happy with the cottage Sean how much do you think the really cottage cost that cottage was still probably five times as big as our place is right now <laughs> it sounds like it's pretty small 
Well, she was mad there wasn't room for servants. She was like, I'm going to have to clean this house. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I'm sure it was very nice. So you finished that section now? So what's what what's the next segment? Um, I just want to read this last thing oh. because they, they had a little note on the Wikipedia page about his pork pie hats, and I'm interested to read it. I have not read it yet. Keaton designed and modified his own pork pie, ha- pie hats during his career. In 1964, he told an interviewer that making... This particular pork pie, he started with a good Stetson and cut it down, stiffening the brim with sugar water. The hats were often destroyed during Keaton's wild film antics. Some were given away as gifts, and some were snatched by souvenir hunters. Keaton said he was lucky if he used only six hats in making a film. He estimated that he and his wife, Eleanor, made thousands of hats during his career. Keaton observed that during his silent period, such as... Such a hat cost him around $2, which is now probably around $30. Um, at the time of his interview, he said they cost almost $13, which would now be about 115 So, well, Were those the hats that he... that Like, that was a short... Like, those were the hats that he was famous for wearing? Right. Yeah. So, his hat is a lot of different hats. I'm kind of glad I read that because it's kind of trivia. Trivia, trivia, trivia. That is what I have on Buster Keaton for right now. And then when we do the next episode with the shorts, we'll read more about what happened in his life after this point of his divorce. So. And that was a look into the early life of Buster Keaton. What did you think? I did good, right? It took me like an hour to put that together. <laughs> he did very good. Thank you. So what's the next segment? Um, we're, we're totally winging this if you can't tell. There was one thing they said in the doc that I really liked, and that was that Buster apparently said that when he was writing a film, he would he would focus on the beginning and the end, and he said that the middle would take care of itself. Yeah. I really liked that quote because I'm writing a book right now, and can you guys just imagine Anna narrating like an audiobook? Like if she narrates her own audiobook? I'd listen to that. You would? Yeah, you got a very soothing voice. Oh. The people come for your voice. They don't come for my voice. That's so nice. <laughs> I would love to read my book. <laughs> I'll I'll maybe, mention that to the publishers. Maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe uh after Anna finishes that we could uh that could be a, a special episode. Well, I have to actually work on it for it to get done. Touche. But I I just really liked what he said about the middle taking care of itself because to me, the writing the beginning and the end feels easier somehow than having to write it like linear, which is why I'm writing a collage memoir in the first place. But I just really, I liked that quote. Um, What is this segment right now? What are we doing? I'm just reading this quote because I liked it. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yeah, so that's about it for oh. those. I think we can get into the movies now. Okay, let's let's roll. So we watched The Cook first. This was a 1918 classic. We had no idea what we're getting ourselves into with this movie. 
We did not. We were, okay, we hadn't watched the doc yet. No. Nope. We, we went straight into the cook and we watched it and we went, we need to know more about Buster Keaton before we watched it. <laughs> well, it was that, but it was also just like so fast. Mm-hmm. So much happening. And like we mentioned earlier, like with it being a silent film, you know, obviously everything that they do has to be like hyper visual. So visual. Yeah. So if you're. You cannot look away. Yeah. You look away for a second and you're missing something. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say too, the music in these was quite good. I was so impressed by the music because these are really entertaining films and the music is a huge part of it and it just flows. Like yeah. when you're watching them, it's like the music was written for the movie. It was. It was. And you can tell. Yeah. Are you all right? Your eyes are all watery. <laughs> yeah. You are? Yeah. I'm a little tired. Okay. I think the light is just it like... Might be the light. There's light over here and there's light over there. And I think it's just like bouncing off your eyes. And it makes it look like you are sad. Your eyes look a little, little glossy. <laughs> too. Okay. Jeez. Um, the so cook. The, the cook. The cook. I chose this movie first. This is the first one that I was like, I want to watch this movie. This is what made me want to watch Buster Keaton. Um, so I chose it based on that. But should I read the trivia or do you want to? You got it. Okay. You got it in front of you. So, yeah. There's, trivia, trivia, I, trivia. I'll just say there is not a lot of trivia on IMDb for these movies. Um, and the next one we're going to do, Neighbors, doesn't even have any trivia. So that's okay. very sad. But for this movie, uh, the cook was considered lost for several years. A surviving print was found and shown for the first time in over 70 years in Venice, 1999. The surviving print was found in the attic of a formal, former hospital in Norway. Apparently, the director of the hospital in the 1920s and 30s felt that laughter and comedy helped soothe mentally challenged patients and kept a collection of short films by Buster Keaton, Harold Lloyd, and Charlie Chaplin on hand. None of the other short films found were considered lost. That one... This is a little side note to that is one of the greatest things about the digital age Mm -hmm. is the ability to capture these films digitally mm-hmm. and keep them forever you and, know? and be able to watch them too yeah. like there literally was like a hundred years where people couldn't watch this movie yeah like it just and, was not there and now at a moment's notice you could pop it on youtube and watch it yeah anybody in the world yeah you know it's pretty cool well anyone who's not restricted from youtube well, because you know, that's a you thing. know what I mean. It's it's accessible. Yeah, like anybody can watch it, and it's yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah. Um. Because a lot a lot of early film was lost in fires and stuff like that. Yeah. Or just well, over film time. is highly flammable. So yeah. if there was a fire, it was just gone. That happened a few times. Like in I've mentioned Hugo before, but that's like a premise of Hugo, where yeah. the 
old man is sad because he was an actor and a director in like the first silent films and then his work just got completely destroyed. Yeah. Um, but then they have a party in his honor and um, reveal to him that they've found like 88 of his works. So I love that movie. I want to watch it again soon. Movies celebrating movies, books celebrating books. It's all the best. Um, all right. So I do have one more uh, small trivia for this. In a classic example of magical humor, Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle, the cook, repeatedly dips into the same large metal vat and somehow produces a wide array of different foods. So that's pretty, like, on point for that. Um, the plot of this movie, since I I wasn't able to take notes for this one, I was trying to take notes while we were watching it and then realized that I couldn't and stopped and then I didn't take any at the end because I was just like, wow. <laughs> um, because a lot happens in this movie and while we were watching it, I even was a bit confused because it kind of changes direction halfway through and um, I was like, oh, is this a series of shorts? But it's not. It's just one short. Um, but it didn't feel super continuous to me. So. It, I mean, it had a through line, but it was like it, it was, saying, it was like, choppy like they go from they're in the restaurant kind of goofing around making people dinner and then they're riding a goat yeah. into town yeah and then they're at the top of a roller coaster yeah. jumping into the river like well you know movies don't usually you know it's saying cheers it's like <laughs> <laughs> because it had to take place in one, um, so in one stage was it, and there was a dog chase scene um, it was very sporadic. So yeah, I I didn't really understand. Again, we just jumped into this, mm-hmm. and I didn't fully even understand what the story was being told. Exactly. Like I think if we watched it again, we would get a better grasp for it. Yeah. But we didn't do that, and um, it was a very like, wow, what are we watching? <laughs> <laughs> kind yeah. of feeling. Um, it was fun though. It was. It was very entertaining, and I would yeah. I would recommend it. Yeah. Um. So for the plot of this one, Fatty is the head chef at the Bullpup Restaurant, where Keaton serves as the head waiter. One evening, while service is in full flow, Keaton and Fatty entertain the crowd with their dancing despite breaking most of the plates and bottles in the restaurant in the process the fun is soon spoiled when a vagrant uh saint john referred to as the hold-up man in the film's credits comes in and begins ruining everyone's good time and dancing with the waitress uh alice lake against her will Fatty, Keaton, and the manager are no match for Hold-Up Man, but he is subsequently scared off by Luke, Fatty's dog. Later, Fatty and Keaton join a pair of gentlemen in the restaurant for a big plate of spaghetti. Not being able to replicate the correct way of eating it, they resort to their own methods of eating one string at a time and cutting the pasta with scissors to make it shorter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The next day, Fatty plans a fishing trip with Luke, the dog, while Keaton simultaneously takes the waitress on a date to the amusement 
amusement park. All makes sense now. Fatty takes a shortcut through the park and knocks several people out with his exceptionally long fishing rod before Mm -hmm. arriving on the beach. The waitress gets separated from Keaton and is chased around the park by Holdup Man and ends up falling off the top of a roller coaster, falling into the sea. Holdup Man is chased off by Luke yet again, and Fatty and Keaton attempt to rescue the waitress, but find that the key to a flotation device is in a courthouse one mile east. Yep, yep. Acting fast, they grab a rope to throw to the waitress, but Keaton falls off the pier, still holding the rope, and drags Fatty in with him. The end. <laughs> the end. Um, yeah. That sums it up. Were there any points that really, like, any any visually, like, anything that stood out to you from that? Because that's basically, like, that's the synopsis of what yeah, happened. But my, there's a lot of, like, dancing and things. I, th- I think that the the part that I enjoyed the most was the spaghetti eating scene. Really? Yeah. Because they were, like, it was just, like, uh shot after shot after shot of them eating spaghetti in the most ridiculous ways ridiculous ways and some of the ways were just like super inventive Mm -hmm. and it was like it'd be focusing on one of them them eating like the spaghetti a specific way then the camera would look at another one and it just kind of was rotating through them Mm -hmm. for a few minutes yeah it it was like a whole thing yeah and then like uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I that was that was a standout. That's for why me. The, for me watching this movie for the first time, going into it completely blind, I was like, "Are these like separate skits?" Because the scenes are just like, um, they're just like that. Like they feel like their own jokes. Yeah. So. What about you? What stood out to you the most? I really liked all the dancing in the beginning and how they were like at work, but they're just messing around Yeah, the whole time. Um, I loved that. Like I really, I liked it a lot. Um, and they're, it's funny cause they're like doing their jobs and just having a totally silly time about it. At one point Keaton even goes up to a lady at the table and like tries to kiss her, but then she, like um doesn't take an interest so he just like rolls his eyes and walks away mm-hmm. it was weird um <laughs> but i like the dancing yeah yeah the dance well that and like the the interaction with him like going into getting plates and then like fatty arbuckle cooking and like throwing things at him and him like yeah. catching things in midair and yeah he was just like throwing the food up for him yeah at one point he got his head cut off do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And I I really remember that because I had a dream the night before we watched this. I had a dream that my head got cut off, but then my friends like glued it back on. Yeah. And then we were eating pasta. Yeah. And the same exact thing happened in this movie. <laughs> um. So that was such a weird feeling. I kind of got caught on that for a second because <laughs> I was like, wait, this is my dream. It was weird. <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, overall, like like you said, it did feel a little disjointed watching it, but it was fun. 
You know, Super fun. One thing you can say about like all these movies is they're fun. Mm-hmm. One thing that really stood out to me was their makeup. They had very like almost clownish white makeup on. Yeah, I feel like you know they had to wear very specific, exaggerated makeup for the time for the mm-hmm. camp for because you know it was black and white and the cameras and stuff. Right, and they're you know. like comedians too, so they're trying to enunciate I, those features somehow. I I think it was just more the way that things were shot back then. But it wasn't cuz the lighting It wasn't everybody though. It was just them. Just like Fatty and Keaton. Well, that yeah, okay. Their stuff might have been a little bit more exaggerated so that they stood out more. Yeah. Maybe. I didn't notice they that They had though, like personally. eyeliner on. Did you do you remember it was like black eyeliner? Well, act, yeah. That went all the way up here. Like it started on the bottom and then it went all the way up to the corner of their eye. Yeah. It was mm. like kind of Egyptian. They're just better with makeup today. I li- I'm not saying it was a bad thing. I'm just saying like I noticed it. I know, but I guess I'm saying is I think that that kind of makeup job mm. was pretty normal for the time. Yeah. It, I, I don't think it was specific because they're comedians and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I just think that that was Hollywood at the time. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I liked it. It was cool. Um, yeah. I don't feel like we really need to like go play by play with the whole movie. No, 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 no. We're, we're good with these. So, so want to jump to the next one? Yeah, let's do Neighbors. Wait, should we do our favorite characters? Do we have I mean, favorite characters? Is it going to ever be anybody other than Buster Keaton? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he stole the show. Yeah, know? he is the show. So, all right, then we did Neighbors, which is, um, <sighs> which is isn't this another Fatty Arbuckle one? No, no, the, no, 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 no. That was that, that was, was the, the only, only Fatty Arbuckle. We were planning on maybe watching more Fatty Arbuckle, but kind of decided, eh. There were just so many Keaton ones that yeah. we really wanted to watch, and yeah. that's what, who we were focused on. So, um, Neighbors is just Buster Keaton. I should, took notes for this one. Should we talk about them in the release order that they came out, or in the order that we watched them? That we watched them. Okay. And so, also, so th- we watched th- them th- in th- order. This is the one where he, like, once... Sean, what? we watched them in order. Oh, did we? Yeah, it's the Okay, same. I wasn't totally sure. So... <clears throat> this is the one where he wanted to be with the he wanted to marry the neighbor girl right right it was very romeo and juliet yeah. i poured myself water and then i left it in the kitchen can i drink your drink you don't want my drink let me drink a little you will hate it <laughs> my drip on you too is it the toothpaste drink <laughs> it's baja blast <laughs> It's Baja Blast. It's so gross. If you know, you know. If if you're about that Baja Blast life, you're about that Baja Blast life. If you're not, you're not. Tastes like watermelon peel. Well, at this point of the drink, it's very watered down from the ice also. Melted. Which is a good thing for me. This is... Welcome to our segment where Anna drinks Mountain Dew. The only time I get Mountain Dew beverage is when we go to Taco Bell. It tastes like if you liquefied a watermelon peel and then poured lime on it. It's blue Powerade mixed with Mountain Dew. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> Do you like blue Powerade? 
No. Do you like Mountain Dew? Probably not anymore. Yeah, it's a perfect combination for you to drink. I feel better. That's good. (sighs) Neighbors. Neighbors. I honestly think that this was my probably my third favorite out of the ones we watched. Um, I really like this one. You did. I had a lot of fun with this one. Good. That like, with, actually, I with, mean, with they're... the gag back and forth between like going back and forth between the yards with the fence in the middle, mm-hmm. and him like like building the contraptions, and then like them standing on top of the shoulders walking mm-hmm. around and stuff. That was pretty great. Or him walking down the street, even like like this. You they he travels a decent amount in this, mm-hmm. and um. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. I liked it too. Mm-hmm. Um, the synopsis. I just like got hit with a wave of sleepiness. <laughs> I don't have a synopsis. I took notes for this one, so I'm gonna okay. read my notes. Um, there was a oh at the beginning of these the Buster Keaton ones. There's always a quote. Yeah. There's always like it says the, a thing. So I wrote down the quote for this one. It says, the flower of love could find no more romantic spot in which to blossom than in the poet's dream garden. Very, uh, very poetic. Mm-hmm. Did Buster write that himself? Probably. Who knows? He had, he did have other writers oh. working with him that I, they're on Wikipedia, but I didn't notate them. Anna's yawning. She just she took a drink of the ball hall blast and it made her super tired. <laughs> <laughs> so the, um, the movie starts out and Buster Keaton and the neighbor girl are passing notes mm-hmm. through the fence that yeah. say, I love you. <laughs> through, th- through a little hole in the fence oh yeah just a little hole the tiny little knot hole yeah yeah they're just passing well, notes to each other it just says I love it's you it's only like one or two pastors and then like one of the and then the girl's parent like the girl's dad comes over mm. right and then he grabs a note he sees the note and then he like writes something on it and then he puts it through the fence and then at that point it's like Buster's his dad dad I or his mom his is there. Mom. And, but it's yeah, her, his mom and her dad. Parents, like all the parents at about side passing notes and like getting mad at each other, thinking of the other parents passing note to the other adult. And yeah. Oh my gosh, it's classic. Yeah, it's, they're all confused. Um, I kind of skipped ahead on this one because he got his head stuck in a hole and his father had to pull him out and he's all messy. <laughs> <was> <laughs> That's like more than halfway through it. Um, Man, you did some uh, some very detailed note taking, huh? Well, I had to do it after we watched it. Do you want to pull up the synopsis for this one, maybe? Should I? Well, because so much happens before that, right? Maybe it makes sense to do Anna that. Lo- Anna, like, no joke, everybody. The vibe I'm getting from Anna right now is like she went from like 90% energy to like 
thirty percent. I want to be curled up in bed right now. Energy. She's yawned about eighteen times in the last two minutes. Like she's not even holding her microphone right now. That's how tired she is. All right, we got the plot up. <laughs> I think that might the best way to do these might just be to read the plot on Wikipedia, and then to discuss our favorite parts after. Sure. Um. So, in Neighbors, Buster Keaton and Virginia Fox play young lovers who live in tenements, the rear of which face to face each other. What? Nothing. What did you whisper? Nothing. <laughs> You're counting my yawns. <laughs> okay. They live in tenements, the rear of which face each other, with backyards separated by a wooden fence and with their families constantly feuding over the lover's relationship. Each morning, Buster and Virginia exchange love letters through the holes in the fence, much to the disdain of their families who insist they stay away from one another. See, not all this is clear when you're watching it. It kind of is clear. It's not clear that there's a history there. No. It's not. Continue. But it is very Romeo Juliet. You kind of like assume it because it's kind of the same story. Yeah. Buster sneaks into Virginia's bedroom window as the parents are arguing, but he is caught by Virginia's father who ties him to the washing lines and hangs him out to dry. By his shoes. By his shoes. Right? That's when he pins his shoes. Yeah. The tips of his shoes. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Well, while we were watching it, I was like, he hung him up to dry. (laughs) That's where that expression comes from. Um... He slowly sends him back over to his family's house on the clothesline. After much arguing and fighting, the two families eventually go to court to settle their differences. Buster demands the right to marry Virginia, and the judge insists that the two families not interfere in their plans. On the day of the wedding, the two families are naturally hostile to one another. I feel like it started out okay, but then it got bad because the dad, the girl's dad, figured out that the ring was a fake. He was pissed off. And Buster's pants kept falling down because, yeah. yeah, he couldn't and keep then his the, pants up. And then the pastor's pants kept falling down because re- Buster stole his Buster belt. Stole, and then remember when they were sitting on the ground? Yeah, they yeah. all sat on the ground to get married yeah. <laughs> so that nobody's pants would fall down. Oh, that was pretty ridiculous. Um, after the wedding is delayed due to Buster's belt repeatedly breaking, resulting in his pants continuously falling down... Virginia's father discovers that the ring Buster intends to give to Virginia is a cheap 10-cent ring purchased from Woolworths. He angrily calls off the wedding and drags Virginia home. Determined to rescue his love with the help of his two groomsmen, Buster uses trappiest skills to snag Virginia and the two run off together, eventually finding themselves in the coal shed of a blacksmith who has been ordained as a minister who pronounces them husband and wife. (laughs) That was my newscaster voice. I've just seen a side of Anna I've never seen before. <laughs> the look on her face when she did that. You'll never know. <laughs> I like how they skimmed over the little uh, part where he fell in the hole and 
uh, his face got all muddy, so the cop thought he was black. And he tries to arrest him, but instead he arrests a black guy by mistake. And then Buster is doing a, like a he washes off half of his face, but the other half still has the black on, and he's doing like a weird like turning black and white clown thing. And there's a banana peel that the cop slips on. Which cop did slip on a banana peel. I honestly would have freaking loved that when I was six years old. And also, uh, the part where Buster's head when he gets when his head gets stuck in the ground, and the dad is like twisting him around and like gonna pull him up. Yeah. Right. Like one. That's when his face got all money. Yeah, but one. That's his real dad. That's his real dad. That's and, his real dad. And and two, there the thing comes up on the screen that says like, because the neighbor's like, you're gonna, you're gonna kill him by doing all that stuff you're doing or something like that. And he's like, hey, he's my son. If I like, if, uh, no, the neighbor say? says, I can think of a lot of better ways to kill him. Yeah. And he says, he's my son. I'll kill him how I want to. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. What was your favorite part? My favorite part of this one. Um, honestly, I really like this one. I liked it too because it was very fluid, mm-hmm. and I felt like um, the stunts were so cool. The st- the stunts were cool and creative, mm-hmm. and just everything that he was able to do with the back and forth between the two properties mm-hmm. was really good. And even when they went out on the sh- like moved a little further on and stuff, like all that stuff was was good. But the thing there is, was there was literally oh no I'm sorry I won't interrupt you. You're talking about the, what you like. The thing that sticks out in my memory the most mm-hmm. from this episode though is the the back and forth between the houses, mm-hmm. like the gags and the things that like the contraptions that he built and the clothesline and. Yeah. You At know. one point, he's like up on the electric pole. Well, yeah, yeah. There's a point where he's like up on the electric pole while he like has the girl's dad thinking that he's coming after her, and he builds this two by four contraption that when you walk through the gate, it like smacks him in the back, mm-hmm. and he goes back and forth and smacked in the back, and then he thinks it's the other dad doing it for a second, and mm-hmm. yeah, just the whole and then, but like when the when the guys are like. Buster climbs out the top window like they each guy climbs out of a window on each story of the house right and then they walk they all just the way like to the other side hop onto each other's shoulders yeah and then out go, the windows yeah, they go back and forth like that a couple times that's like, what I was gonna say really when I was gonna interrupt you is that there's literally a part where these three guys are stacked on top of each other's shoulders three three men tall and they get her out of the top bedroom window and the top guy is carrying her just all willy-nilly on top of these other two guys and they're just like they carry her around the corner they're carrying her right but it is a dummy she's a dummy yeah was she i yeah you can't I, tell if she I, was i there's a point where you i can noticed tell, it was a dummy you can tell it's a dummy on the clothesline when he gets because she's up, just like flailing like her art like that's if you if you look at it you you could tell she looked real if you're looking me. for it I was not looking for it. I don't it. think there's any way. I she, only saw any her. Any way they're going to put her up three men high. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that's what stood out for me for that one. I liked the whole like 
I liked the interactions with the cop where yeah. he was like um, avoiding the arrest. Yeah. I yeah. liked all that. That was good. It was pretty clever. <laughs> the banana peel. Yeah. But it, it was so much more. There, there's so much more that we're not able to like kind of either kind of remember or articulate or that whole sequence with the cop. It was quick. It was and quick. And a lot happens. Yeah, a lot happens. That's yeah. Enterta- it, the whole thing was entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, great. Like, like, like even to the point where it's like, like when he ends up, no, I can't really remember, so I don't want to talk about it. I would, I'd recommend watching it. Check it this one out for sure. Yeah, same. I think I'm going to move on to the next one. Okay. Which was one week. One week. Mm-hmm. Yes, this was one. I think that this is one of, the, this was one that was kind of featured in the documentary that we watched a little bit more. Right. And I think this is my favorite of the ones that we watched. This one was really good. Yeah. Do you want to? Yeah, I have the trivia. This one has the most trivia, I think. Trivia, 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 trivia. This was the first movie to. <laughs> I just said movie because trivia. Trivia, movie. And it was because you said it like that. <laughs> Anna's losing her mind. No, it feels like I am. It looks like you are. Because you usually, <laughs> you usually say trivia, trivia, trivia. I, I apologize. Trivia, trivia, trivia. Thank you. This is the first movie to shoot while the camera is revolving a full six, 360 degrees. I don't know what Wait, that means. Wait, say that one more time. This is the first movie to shoot while the camera is revolving a full 360 degrees. Huh. I wonder what part specifically that was. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But. I, was trying to, I was trying to think about it too. You know what I think it was? The house scene where they're all in the house and the house is spinning, but they're all inside. The camera was spinning. The house wasn't spinning. The camera was spinning. Yeah. Yeah, that could be it. That right. makes sense. And they're they're all like falling on top of each other because mm-hmm. the house is spinning. It was the camera. Yeah, that would make sense. This is the first movie that did that effect. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. I'm glad we figured out what that was. <laughs> trivia, trivia, trivia. No models were used in this movie. All of the stunts were done with the full-size house as seen on screen. Yeah. Which is cool. That's how all his movies were, though. Yeah, it kind of seems like it. They're very practical. Yeah. Um, That's kind of what he was known for, too. Right. This was Buster Keaton's first film appearance without Roscoe Fatty Harbuckle. This was the first one. Yeah, which means that... So that means this one was before Neighbors. Yes, it was. You say we're doing them in order, Anna. I thought we were. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) True. You know why? Oh. Because One Week was the first movie that Buster Keaton made on his own. But it was released second. Is that true? Yes. It is true. I remember it both from the doc and the Wikipedia page. All right. I'll take your word for it because I don't remember what they said about that in the documentary. 
Well, I do, and that's what they said. Um, after two more appearances, nobody fact fact checks us on that. Now you have to do the trivia thing. Trivia, trivia, trivia. That's your punishment. Our punishment. <laughs> after two more appearances in Buster Keaton shorts, Sybil Seeley was replaced as leading lady by Virginia Fox. However, Buster asked her back for the boat in 1921 with the idea of combining it with this film in into a four-reel feature, but it never came to pass, which is good because we probably wouldn't have watched this if it was that long, at least for this week. Yeah. The film was restored in 2015 through Lobster Films, a process partially funded through a Kickstarter crowd fu- crowdfunding campaign, and I think the same is true of The Haunted House, which is the next movie that we're going to do. Yeah, again, the restoration they're able to do on these films now is pretty awesome. So good. I thought it was cool that it was funded by Kickstarter that that they were able to do that. I have taken part of three Kickstarters. Did you know that? Which ones? <coughs> the first one, Zach Braff's movie. What was that movie called? Did we do that? Yeah. Did I do that one? Yeah, you did donate to that. The um, So, four Kickstarters. Okay. There's okay, that's Zach Braff project. What movie was that? It was I can't remember the title. I don't know. It's the one with the girl and she has cancer and they get her new hair. Uh it was really good. Uh and and Zach Goldie Hawn's daughter that I can't remember her name is in it. Braff. Zach. We Braff. only saw it once when it came out. Yeah. I was that Wish I Was Here? Or was that a different one? I don't remember. I think I that's think, the right I think one. Was, yeah, yeah, it was. It yeah. was. Wish I was here. Wish I was here. Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. Good movie. We funded it because we are Zach Braff fans. Well, yeah, and that was like a little after um, Scrubs had ended, and it was like his first major movie that he was trying to do since Garden State. Mm-hmm. So. And Garden State is great. Well, he did a movie in 2010, but this was like the first one that he, I think that he was like directing. Anyway, this ain't the Zach Braff podcast. This is the Buster Keenan podcast. What other Kickstarters have you done? <clears throat> okay, so there's a Zach Braff one. And the wallet that I currently have, mm-hmm. that was a Kickstarter. Oh, that's cool. I got like this like a uh, very sleek, metallic like. Um, card holder card holder basically and then it has um has that kind of protection on it so people can't like scan your wallet and steal your card information from the chip and stuff and then um the friday the 13th video game right you funded that yep i I helped with that one and a new short film that's being written and directed by uh mark bedardin Mark Bernardin? <laughs> Bernardin? 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 Bernardin. Mark Bernardin. What is it? It's a short film that this... So um, this guy who used to work as like a... He used to work as like a film critic type writer for the LA, LA Times. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Either case, he's a podcaster now. He does various podcasting jobs, but he's also a show writer. He writes on various TV shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, he's doing a project that he's been dreaming of doing his entire life. 
and he's like he just turned 50 or something like that and it's been like something he's always wanted to do so in order to accomplish it he started a kickstarter so i was like yeah throw a few bucks in there help him out what is he making it's a, a short, short film? film it's a okay. short thriller called like splinter or something like that it takes place on an airplane that's cool yeah <clears throat> so those are the four good job yep i remember for the zach braff one you just gave 10 bucks <laughs> yeah i never. i don't i don't usually do a lot yeah just but a little bit i do enough to get to help out but to also get a decent perk mm-hmm. you know like the wallet i had to do a certain amount you know that might have been like 40 bucks or something mm. the friday the 13th game that might have been like you know 40 50 bucks i don't know enough to get the game but cool. kickstarters man we went on a weird tad and that was fun thing. okay so one week 1920 yes um continuing with the trivia trivia <laughs> we're still in the trivia <laughs> <laughs> well you okay <clears throat> yeah sorry uh need a drink trivia 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 there's just one more it says in 2008 one week was selected for preservation by the national film registry of the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Why are we going into this newscaster voice? Is that what's happening? Yeah, you just did it again, but why? It's just because I'm sleepy and it makes sense. Why don't? Well, how does it make sense? You should be going into like a narrator voice or a podcasting voice. I've been watching a... too much Instagram. I follow this lady <laughs> who... <laughs> 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 I follow this lady who used to be a news reporter, but mm. she she stopped to have her kid. But she does all of her like Instagram. She does all her and... Instagram videos about her son in a newscaster voice, where she goes like, "This Justin, my three year old, is screaming." But it's it's like way better than that. She writes like a real report. It's hilarious. I feel like I'm channeling her right now, but I don't know why. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> you hate it? No, it's just throwing me off. <laughs> All right, well. You, um, do, you do you, Anna. If you want to do the whole podcast on a newscast, your voice, that's fine. So, one week. We haven't read this yet, right? No. Okay. (sighs) Two more to go. (laughs) (laughs) I slapped myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's dang. It's almost midnight. Yeah. We've been going for a while. Um, The story of one week involves a newlywed couple who receive a build-it-yourself house as a wedding gift. The house can be built, supposedly, in one week. A rejected suitor secretly re- renumbers packing crates. The rejected suitor, I'm just going to say, is his uncle? His uncle? Yeah. it's So Buster Keaton is the groom, yeah. right? And his bride apparently turned down his uncle. Is that what it said? Yeah. I don't remember. While we were watching it, that was the impression I got. And then his uncle gifts them the house, but then he sabotages it. No, he didn't gift them the house. 
He didn't? No. He was their driver. But he was driving them I think there. his gift was like, he's the driver. Okay. Yeah. It was weird. I'm like, okay, you you turned this guy's uncle down and got married to him. And then you guys invited him to the wedding <laughs> and he's driving I you home? I don't even remember being his uncle. It was weird. <laughs> um... The groom struggles to assemble the house according to this new arrangement. Uh, what they're talking about here is just the the rejected suitor slash his uncle turned... The boxes are like numbered one through eight. And he turned number four into... No, right. he turned number one into a four and number three into an eight. Yeah. So the boxes are all out of order. Which you would think that they would look at the boxes and be like, huh, there's two number eights. Okay, this number eight looks really awkward <laughs> and like it's hand painted. They are, they weren't that smart in the early 1900s, Sean. Wow. Shade <laughs> thrown. <laughs> um, they got away with it because it's the joke. So the result is a lopsided structure with revolving walls, kitchen fixtures on the exterior, and upper floor doors that open into thin air. During a housewarming party on Friday the 13th, so that was not an accident, a storm spins the house and its occupants around like a merry-go-round. As if this were not enough, the couple find they have built the house on the wrong lot and must move it. They manage to move it on rollers, but it stalls on a railroad track. Um, the couple try to move it out of the way of an upcoming train, which eventually passes on the neighboring track. As the couple look relieved, the house is immediately struck and demolished by another train coming the other way. The groom stares at the scene, places a for sale sign with the heap, attaching the building instructions, and walks off with his bride. There's a lot that they're missing in that synopsis yeah this is basic overview of the story the um, um the mood the, that it is told you know it's called one week mm-hmm. and it goes day by day yeah by you're seeing each day as it's happening like, like day it shows by like, day yeah like sunday and it, the thing gets ripped off mm-hmm. monday it's showing us the calendar yeah um there was there was a lot more to it though like there's a part where the there's a delivery guy delivering a piano and he's just carrying the piano, but then he drops it on Buster Keaton and Buster Keaton can't pick it up because it's a piano. Um, a lot of good gags in this one. There's the part with her in the bath and uh, she drops the soap outside the tub and you see her kind of like giggle a little bit like, oh, I'm going to get out and she get looks it. At, she looks, at, she the looks at the camera and then a hand covers the camera. So you can't see her. Um, And just to point out, that's like the clearest shot in the whole movie. Yeah. Of her in the tub. Well, well, I mean, you know, that's an interior stationary shot. Right. And the shot is a very like exterior, like a lot of movement. and. Yeah. But I'm just saying she (laughs) naked and it's the clearest. You can't see anything, but it's like definitely the joke. Um, there's a part where the, they're like setting up the house still and they just moved the piano inside. Um, no, he's trying to straighten out the chandelier and 
he keeps like he's pulling on the chandelier to try to get the piano inside but the weight of the piano is pulling the entire upstairs floor down yeah and it like uh ends up catapulting the guy upstairs into the roof do you remember that Mm-hmm. and he's stuck in the roof for a while until keaton grabs the um what's that called the fencing on the house the and railing? Use, yeah, he grabs the railing off the, the house and uses it uses it as a ladder to climb up onto the roof and ends up knocking the guy back down out of the roof. Yeah, this this short film is so creative. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good, so creative. The the things that they do with the house It's, it's just, just so much fun. It's so fun to watch. Yeah. It's so entertaining. The when he took the rail the railing off yeah. the porch, I was just and used it as a ladder, I was just like, Oh my god, this yeah, is there's a so lot of that good. kind of stuff in this. Um highly recommend this one. And the house is all when the house is spinning, it's just crazy and you can yeah. tell that it's really spinning. Yeah. Um lot of lot of physical you know, all of his movies are physical. A lot of physical stunts, but this one, like the whole cast, was in on it. This one had like a storm outside too that was blowing the house in circles, mm-hmm. and um, the whole thing was like super believable. The way yeah. it's executed is just like flawless. Yeah. Um. Well, was... I mean, that's why it made it into the to being, you know, in the. What what was the note you said about it being in like the um the preservation and help me you're the one who read the note the what? it got selected as one of the movies to be into oh it just is it's they they said that it's a notable movie for yeah but I I can't think of the name I can't think of what it's called right now but there's like a historic section of like historic film and stuff like that. And like all the time they're adding stuff to it. Oh. And this is in there. Right. You know? Um I can't forget I can't I can I'm look getting at tired. It. I cannot remember what it's called. Like I don't have it up anymore. Okay. But I read it so they heard Pe- it. People that know they know what I'm talking about. Most people should know what I'm talking about. I'm just really tired right now. And I can't think of the name. Did you have a favorite part? Favorite part? Um, man. This whole, like, again, this this whole thing is, is, is pretty awesome. The part that sticks into my head, like one of the gags that stick in my head a lot, is when they needed to move to the other lot. And he um, he's trying whatever he can think of to move the house. Right. And so he like nails his car into the house. Right. And then he goes to drive off, but it's just the frame of the car drives off. Yeah, and he's stuck there. Yeah, with and the, the body wheel. is still nailed to the house and he's still sitting there just holding the steering wheel. That's yeah. Cool. I liked that too. Yeah. Um I don't know if I have. I think my favorite part is when she's in the bathtub because that's just it's just like so cheeky. That, what I like about that one, it's 
very subtle mm. and it's just like it's that fourth wall breaking right you know with the hand covering the lens it's just so creative you know yeah like like even even if you saw that in the movie today you'd like you'd get a chuckle out of that you know what i mean when we were watching the doc and they mentioned this part they said that they were talking about like his way of making movies and they showed that scene and they said the cinema becomes the joke Mm -hmm. exactly and that's exactly what it is yeah so that's a good one but yeah again so so we've talked about uh neighbors and one week so and cook and the Mm -hmm. cook so this is the third one out of the three so far um i think that this would be my favorite this one's my favorite. this one yeah so again another highly recommend youtube it easy to find on youtube all these are and um, uh yeah shall we move on to the haunted Let's house move on this is the last one right yeah move on to the haunted house so this is another one that was restored in 2015 through that Kickstarter foundation. Uh, the campaign, not foundation. Um, and I it only has one trivia point, which is the fainting bank customer is Natalie Talmage, Buster Keaton's wife. So this is right about when they got married. It's the same year they got married. Mm. Um, so I'll read the little plot point on Wikipedia here Keaton plays a teller at a successful bank unbeknownst to him Sean what are you doing I'm looking something up I'm listening what are you looking up the thing, the thing I was trying to think of before is the, the National Film Registry. Right. They select twenty-five films a year for preservation. For the Library of Congress. That like, um, like it's like stored in a special spot, like kind of one of those things, like, like if every human fell off the face of the earth. It's like, it's almost like a time capsule thing. Mm-hmm. And somebody found this arch, uh, this archive, like a thousand years from now, there'd be like preserved type of deal. Mm. So, so nobody knows where it is. No, people know where it's, I'm just saying it's like, there's, it's like, I forgot that I learned about that in high school, but I forgot that that was a thing. At least I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I could be wrong. If I'm <laughs> wrong, please put me in my place. Let me know. Um. Okay. Keaton plays a teller at a successful bank. Unbeknownst to him, the manager of the bank and his gang are planning on pulling off a robbery and hiding in an old house that they have rigged up with booby traps and effects to make it appear to be haunted. After a mishap that afternoon with Keaton getting glue all over the money and himself and other people, he almost thwarts the gang's robbery, but when the owner of the bank walks in and sees Keaton armed with a gun, he assumes it was he who tried to rob it. Keaton flees by jumping over the gate 
and takes refuge in the old house. However, a troop of actors from a theater production are also in the house. They were playing Faust and are clad in their scary costumes, ghosts, skeletons, etc., leading Keaton and the gang of robbers to believe the house actually is haunted. After Keaton has many encounters with the ghosts and the house's booby traps, he discovers the scam and the manager is revealed as being behind the robbery. As the manager is about to be taken away, he hits Keaton over the head and knocks him out before escaping. Next, we see Keaton being awoken by two angels at the foot of a large stairway, which he ascends all the way to heaven. He asks St. Peter to be let in, but is denied, and sent all the way back down to hell instead. However, this is all revealed to be a dream sequence as Keaton regains consciousness in the house seconds later. The end. (laughs) The end. I'm just adding the end because at the end of the movie, it always says the end. Here's what I'll say about this one. This one had some gags, some jokes and stuff that I liked. But this was It my, was a little slower. This was my least favorite. I think I agree with you. And I was actually a bit disappointed with this one. You were? Well, because when I heard, oh, we're going to watch one called The Haunted House. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be actually haunted. Yeah, I was like... I was totally cool with it being super like like the ghosts are in sheets and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. what I was hoping for. But I, yeah, I was actually hoping for the house to be haunted. I was too. Yeah. So when it turned out to be what it was, which didn't make a lot of sense because like the like it showed the actors on stage and stuff one moment and all of a sudden they're in the house. Mm-hmm. Almost like the house was connected to the stage. Right. They like ran over there. Yeah. The whole thing like. A lot of it didn't make sense. The stuff with the money and the glue, I felt like that went on too long. Same. And, um... It also was, like, um... I don't know. If you get a little glue on your hands and you're dealing with money, you would obviously go wash your hands and try and get that off before you touched anything. Yeah. yeah. But it just gets all over the place. There's money everywhere. That that whole gag just didn't, like... It didn't flow very well. It it didn't really work for me. It wasn't... Like, there was a few aspects of this one I liked. Mm -hmm. But overall, I wasn't really digging this one overall. Same. Um, I think... Probably my favorite thing in this one was, um, like the skeletons, like when they put like, oh yeah, like the skeletons like put the body together, mm-hmm. and then the body is like actually moving. Right, it was like an actual person. Yeah, that, they put that together. was that was kind of random, and it because, was never explained. Yeah, that was never explained. Right, that was cool because that was like. Wait, that was a supernatural thing, mm-hmm. but kind of like what the hell? Like what? Yeah. Like we're, I, I don't remember, but were those skeletons ever shown to be actual humans, like the ghosts? I don't remember. Yeah that that was weird, but that, that, that's why. That's I liked also it. the part where he was like running on the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that. Yeah. Yeah, there's like the old, but yeah, the old ghostly guy mm-hmm. when he was running, that was one of the actors. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I don't quite understand. It was very clear. It was cool. I like that part, but mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense to what was going on. I think that makes it better though, in yeah. a way. Um, my favorite part was with the hallway scene where the ghost kept walking by him and he started doing traffic. Oh yeah. For them. Mm-hmm. He was like, being a traffic cop for the ghost yeah, going back and forth. Yeah, they're just walking back and forth between doors. That was my favorite. Nice. Um, Again. And also the part where so the stairs keep like the stairs are booby trapped so they turn into a slide basically and keep tripping everybody down. Mm-hmm. You fall down them. There was a part where he got used to it and he ran up them really fast and then skipped the last three steps. Yeah. And like when it turned into a slide and he made it up there. Mm-hmm. I really liked that part too. Yeah. Yeah. Th- there's some cool, some cool gags, some cool stunts and stuff with the house itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, overall, this is the bottom of my list. The one that we watched, but I still think that was pretty decent. It's still worth a watch. Yeah. yeah it's still worth a watch. But yeah, some my favorite one was one week and then, after that probably neighbors so that's it for the film segment of this podcast yeah we did it what's next anna what do you got next for us if you guys watch any of these because of us please tell us like if you have instagram tag us on instagram like we really want to know if we inspire you to watch any of these or if we bring back memories or anything like just talk to us you got any um, more anna any more what content yeah any more content no that's kind of what i had prepared all right so that does it for the buster keaton aspect of this podcast again you'll hear more buster keaton yeah i'm excited to watch more but honestly it was a lot of work to watch even though these are shorts, I feel like it was more work. Oh, definitely was more work. To put this together. Yeah. Um, it took me a full hour just to get the Wikipedia stuff in order and, and usually all the I'm trivia. The, usually I'm the one who's doing the kind of like extra note taking and stuff. Mm-hmm. So for Anna, yeah, this is definitely more work. Well, now that I know I can just use the plots from Wikipedia and that's going to be a little simpler for these. For the short films, yeah. Yeah. But for the feature length films. The feature ones. We'll take notes. Okay, let's move on to uh, do, 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 Google Play reviews. (laughs) And guess what? There are no Google Play reviews for the short films. Really? Yeah. So the only thing I was really able to find that works for this particular podcast episode Mm -hmm. is I found one Google Play review on the documentary that we watched. Mm. So the great... The Great Buster, a celebration, is what the documentary is called. And the one Google Play review is a five star. It says, I just watched this movie and I thought it was great. Buster Keaton was a very funny actor in this movie. You learn a lot about him and what he went through after the silent movie era. Mm-hmm. So, that's true. Can I just mention that the that doc is really good and the part the thing that stood out to me the most watching it aside from like the info about Buster Keaton's life that we've kind of talked about already was Dick Van Dyke 
they had Dick Van Dyke as interviewed in there. Yeah, they and were friends. I don't want to give too much away because it is worth a watch. Yeah. But um, just realizing and like seeing how inspired by Buster Keaton and like taught by Buster Keaton that Dick Van Dyke was. And I mean, if you if you've listened to our podcast, you know that I'm a Dick Van Dyke fan and that like I chose Mary Poppins pretty much because of him. And like, um, I don't know, it just really resonated with me. I was really pleased just to like hear him talk about Buster Keaton and it put it on a more personal level. Yeah. And just like realizing what that generation is like, um, like age wise, you know, like, oh, this is only two lifetimes ago, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, like Buster well, Keaton was making know, movies when my great grandparents were born and yeah. when your great great grandparents were born. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, well, like my, you know, my grandma who's still alive. Oh, your she, grandma. She, she was born in 90 or in 26. That's what I meant. Yeah, I, yeah. I my regular back, grandma. <laughs> yeah, your regular grandma. Yeah, yeah. She's still she's still alive, and she was born in twenty six. So. Yeah, and my great grandparents were, um, they were born around the time that he was just starting to make movies. But um. So. Yeah, we were we contemplated doing a bit more on the documentary itself, but at the end we decided to kind of just use it as a guideline. For. Just to be more knowledgeable about him, but also like when we dig into his life a little bit and stuff, because I feel like a documentary is something that a person should just straight up watch. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you could totally, I mean, you can recap it, but it's, it's just his life. It's also worth it just to watch it and see all the footage. There's some great it, shots in there. It, it is. It does seem to be told in kind of a romanticized version of his life in the sense of they don't really dig into any of the negative aspects of his life. Mm -hmm. They've really kind of seemed to gloss over any controversy or negative aspect of his life Mm -hmm. in the documentary. They focus a lot more on the actual films themselves. Right. The, another thing I noticed too, is that like they mentioned, um, the movie college I was really interested to see that because he plays all the different sports in that movie and I thought that he would do that in a really funny way so I was excited to watch it but then when we went to the YouTube there's like a still was it YouTube it's on IMDB I was looking at the IMDBs for all the movies trying to pick which ones there's like a an image on the IMDB page where he's like in blackface yeah and that made me not want to watch it. Yeah. Again, so, you know, yeah, it's something that... And there was zero mention of it. Yeah, it was so something that was it caught me off guard. Very common for the time. But right, yeah, but I don't... In this day and age, I'm like, not going to yeah. support that, though, yeah. so... But, yeah, which I don't... You know, that's another feature-length one that I I wasn't really into that I one. I mean, either, we so. haven't seen the film, so we don't have the context. But for me, one picture is kind of enough yeah. context to know that I'm just not going to watch that. So, All right, Anna, let's move on to the next uh, to next section. Who was your favorite character? <laughs> <laughs> was it Buster Keaton? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not, so funny. I, I'm kind of looking at my <laughs> overview of our general episode 
spots. Do we have ratings? Should we rate them? I mean, we we kind of ranked them. Yeah, we kind of did that. Yeah, you know. So I guess we could. I I would say as a whole, I I I don't think that we need to do our regular like five star ratings for these. Yeah. But I would recommend watching them all. Same. Some of them, I enjoyed more than others. Out of these, but. out of these, the most we think watch one week. For me, it's one week. And then. Neighbors. Neighbors. And then for me, it goes The Cook and then The Haunted House. Same. In that order. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're lined up with that. Yep. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're going to skip the that section. <laughs> what are we currently, what have we watched? What are we currently into? What's happening, Anna? Stranger Things, Volume 2? Wait, 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 wait. Before we get into that, oh. I wanted to say something about Buster Keaton. But I think I lost it. It's okay. We'll talk about him again in a couple of weeks. You can mention it there. Yeah, I'm sure I'll think of it again at some point. Okay. It was something about the movies in general. It sounds important. I lost it. <laughs> so we did just finish Stranger Things. Um, it was pretty epic. It was probably the scariest and the most memorable season so far. Is that Izzy? I think it's Emmy. One of our cats is getting ready to chuck up a hairball and it's kind of It's Emmy. Us, yeah. Um Yes. Very good. It was scary. Very good. This 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 season of Stranger Things was crazy. It like was very like you know Stranger Things. If you watch it, it's obviously super super like uh everything in it is <sighs> supernatural. No, I can't. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm a little tired. Like I mentioned before, it is like um, an homage to like 80s stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of inspiration. There we go. I think that's what I was looking for. Takes a lot of inspiration well, from a lot of 80s stuff and properties. In and general. it takes place in the 80s. Characters and everything. It yeah. takes place in the 80s. Yeah. But a part of that is like, okay, you know, the main bad guy. There's very heavy Friday the 13th vibes. You know, Are there? Very heavy Friday the 13th vibes. Not Friday the... Th- like I said, I'm kind of tired. Nightmare on Elm Street vibes. Okay, that's... that's, Yeah. Yes. Nightmare, e- even to the point where uh, Robert England's in the show. Who played the original Freddy Krueger. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, that girl from uh, Anne with an E... Right. She's like, they made her look like Molly Ringwald. Oh, you're right. I didn't even make yeah. that connection, but you're totally right. There's just stuff like that. And like, <laughs> but it's so good. The Everything they do is so good. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I felt like this is my favorite season of that series so far. Same. It was the scariest, it. but it was really good. Yeah. And then, um, what else, Anna? 
Have you been into anything, watching anything? I'm rewatching Modern Family now because I was watching Big Bang Therapy. Big, big Bang Ther- <laughs> Therapy? <laughs> Is that a spinoff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was watching Big Bang Theory. Yeah. But then you told me not to and reminded me that I hate laugh tracks. I didn't tell her not to. I was like, this is odd that you're watching this because you have stated before how much you hate laugh tracks. Right. And this show's notorious for having a horrible laugh track. So I did not go back to it. I didn't even try to watch it again. I instead switched to Modern Family and have been watching that. Yeah. I'm on season three. Yeah. Um, I'll watch episodes here and there with you. <clears throat> Anything kind of else? Been my go-to. Didn't we just watch a movie the other night? Yeah. What did we watch? Did we watch a movie the other night? Yeah. When? When you said you wanted to watch a movie and then we watched a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Stranger Things? I feel like a lot of times I'm like, I want to watch a movie. And we end up just not watching anything. Or we end up watching a show just because we start running out of time because it gets too late. I don't remember watching a movie over the last couple of days. Mm. I watched Thor Love and Thunder yesterday because mm-hmm. Anna can't go to movie theaters right now because of her because of her brain. I might not be able to go to theaters ever again. I would think maybe if it's a movie that's not flashy, you might be able to do it. Yeah. You know? It can't be action. Yeah. Like if it's like a drama I had a hard time something. watching Stranger Things here. Yeah. <clears throat> that was just in our living room too. It's Obviously. it has a lot of flashing lights and changing colors. And like going from dark screens to bright screens screens and back and forth. Yeah. It was I hard. Have, I have been watching I feel like I've been watching more than you have lately. Because some of my shows that I watch that Anna doesn't watch has been on. Like for all mankind, this season has been awesome. Uh, finished the latest season of The Boys, which was super awesome. Um, yeah, just I feel like right now I'm just being like spoiled with content, with TVs and movies. Thor was pretty good. I won't give anything away. Um, I didn't love it, but I had a lot of fun with it. The vibe I got from you for it was that there were things you really liked and things you didn't like. Taika went to Taika. That's my biggest thing. That's all I'll say. If you know Taika, you'll know what I mean. Taika went to Taika. What's his whole name? Taika Watiti? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I'm Um, so good. But like Christian Bale as Gore, the main the vet, the villain in it, he's awesome. That makes me happy. Yeah, which the my two biggest complaints of the movie, which and again Anna will probably won't watch her for a while, so I don't want to spoil anything for her. But but my two biggest complaints with the movie is are is um too jokey. And not enough gore. Not enough gore? Which is the bad guy. The bad guy's name is Gore. Oh. Not enough of the bad guy. Really? Usually there's too much of the bad guy. I feel like this bad guy, they could have used more. He was really good and a little underutilized. Dang. In my opinion. 
That's my opinion, Anna. Now I don't even want to watch it. No, you you want to watch it. You'll like it. Okay. Um. Well, I well I like it better than Ragnarok. Did you like how much do you like Ragnarok? It's not my favorite. It's not on your favorite. It's not my favorite. If Ragnarok is not your favorite, um, you won't love this movie. Really? I think that there are aspects of this movie that you will enjoy. Natalie Portman is awesome. Yeah, I'm excited she, to see yeah, her. She got buff for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Just like I'm going to get buff. Mm-hmm. I've been going to the gym. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah? I've been going to the gym. It's been nice. But also, I'm sore all the time. All the time. She's always telling me about how sore she is. That's a good sore, though. Gym sore is a good sore. Gym sore? Gym sore is a good sore. Sore? Fuck. (laughs) I went went to the park the other day just to shoot around a little bit. Uh, Basketball. Shooting shooting some hoops. Some three-pointers. And... Within like, <laughs> you only do three pointers. <laughs> three pointers. Within like ten minutes, I was getting a pain above my knee that I've never had before. Mm. It made me nervous. I'm getting old. Okay, now I know. Now I understand what you were saying. Gym sore is a good sore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess that's it. Right. We don't need to drag this on any longer than we have. Yeah. I feel like we're kind of dragging a little bit. Um, next week's episode. What are we watching next week, Anna? This mm-hmm. is my decision. We're taking a break from Buster Keaton because... Like, you just like, can't take it anymore. Well, 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 like Anna mentioned, like we watched four of his short films and the documentary, and that was spread out like over a week that we watched this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of Buster Keaton. It felt like a lot. Um, but I kind of want to just take a break. In the sense of, I just want to watch something silly. Something fun, potentially fun, hopefully fun. And I got a couple movies on my list, Santa. Maybe you could help me choose one. Really? Yeah, sure. Now, I'm a John Candy fan. Right. And then I'm like, I come across some movies of his, and I'm like, I have never seen that one. Okay. So, there's Who's Harry Crumb. Mm-hmm. He's a bumbling detective or okay it just says bumbling detective john candy searches for a kidnapped harris in this in this comedy so he's a detective Mm. and then there's armed and dangerous a fired cop and useless lawyer sign up as security guards and find themselves in the middle of a sinister plot and this is a movie that stars john candy uh Meg Ryan mm-hmm. and uh, John. Oh, whoa, 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 what's his name? Levy, something. John is it's not John Levy. The dad from Shit's Creek. Oh. oh my god, I know his name. Hang on. Yeah, his name is John Levy. Eugene Levy. Eugene, Eugene Levy. Levy. Yeah. I think in. Those, I kind of want to watch the John Candy one, but there is one more that I have on my list. And these are on HBO. This is on my watch list on HBO. I added these. This is The Freshman. This is the Matthew Broderick one. 
where he plays a hapless film student who gets a job offer he can't refuse from Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando? Yeah. Isn't that the Godfather? Yeah. Damn. And then there's one that popped up on my radar, which isn't on my friends list, or not my friends list, on my watch list. Let's watch Ladyhawk. But this one, have you seen My Blue Heaven? What's that? My Blue Heaven is, okay, here's the, here's the little tag they got for it. Steve Martin plays a relocated mobster in the Witness Protection Program who is up to his sharkskin suit in suburbia and laughs. But here's part of what caught my eye about it, right? It stars Steve Martin and Rick Moranis. Hmm. And Joan Cusack. And Joan Cusack? Yeah. Here's the the Um, picture of it. We should watch that. Do you think we should watch this one? You know what we should watch is Lady Hawk. Have you seen Lady Hawk? <sighs> Which one's that? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's that's Matthew, Matthew Broderick, Broderick when he's so young. Um, no, not not Lady Hawk this week. Have you seen it? I want to watch one of these silly. Comedies. I'm asking if you've seen it. So I haven't. I, I haven't. No, that's one that we could definitely watch. I never time. made you watch that. I don't remember seeing it. Now, if I watch a trailer or something, maybe it might jog my memory that I had seen it. But off the top of my head, I don't think I have. I'm putting it on my list. I freaking love that movie. Okay. So what do you think out of these couple? I, I'm i kind of trying to choose. I want to watch that last one. The Steve Martin one? I feel like I've heard of all of them, but I don't my blue know any more than what you just said. And yeah. also, I just learned what you just said. All I had heard was the titles. Yeah, and Rick Martin, you know, after watching... Um... Audrey 2? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. That made me want to watch some more Rick Moranis. Something in that time frame, though, like made me want to watch John Candy. That's why I threw some John Candy stuff on there. Do you want to watch a John Candy one? Let's watch My Blue Heaven. Okay. Yeah, because... You showed me the poster and I got attached. Yeah, we're going to watch... Next week's movie is going to be 1990's My Blue Heaven... And then we'll go from there. Okay. Right? Can we can, can we end this, Anna? Yeah, we'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> this has been so long. Bye, everybody. Thank you. This has been so long. Bye. Bye. Vincenzo. Vieni, cara. Former gangster Vincent Vinny Antonelli. I'm a new man is being placed under federal protection. Not the old me. Hidden in suburbia. This is the new me. Assigned his own personal FBI agent. Now, this is a real nice house. It's one of the nicest we've ever moved anyone like you into. Hey, Linda, what do you think? I always promised you a nice house somewhere in America. Let's not get carried away, okay, Vinny? Uh, It's going to be a lot easier if you two start calling each other Terry and Todd. It's a nice house, Terry. Okay? No, you're Terry and he's Todd. Man, we'll for will call. Thanks for everything. I really appreciate it. And even is nice. This is my job. I get paid. You don't tip FBI, man. Sure you do. And need you to mind. Please, everyone. The man is a government asset. 
He has to testify at two major mob trials in New York in the immediate future. Being in the witness protection program may save Vinny's life. Boom! I just want you to keep your nose clean. Capiche? You trying to say capiche? Yeah. Well, don't do it, because it hurts my ears when you do it. But who's going to save the suburbs from Vinny? You know, it's dangerous for you to be here in the frozen food section. Why is that? Because you could melt all this stuff. The comedy that asks the question, can an urban hood find suburban hood? <clears throat> Would you like to try a vanilla brand oat crunchy? What do you think? Steve Martin, Rick Moranis. Have a nice day. Up yours.